0: Good afternoon and welcome to Lunchtime Coaching. My name is Kim Burtz, international leadership coach, trainer and facilitator and host to the Lunchtime series where we add value to people's lives, happening every day at 12 on ebizradio.com. Today we have the founder and principal of North Star, North Star Solutions and Services, all the way from the US. Menakshi, how are you Menakshi, how are you doing?
1: i'm doing very well thank you kevin uh good afternoon to you and uh wish you and your listeners and viewers a very happy new year thank you and to you yes happy 2020 thank
0: you. yes Oh, i am in
1: 2020.
0: i say 20. happy 2021
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah 2020 can do that to you yeah it's been a case study in life so <laughs> i think so uh, yes
0: <laughs> we're not, we're you know, I, you and I met online um, at one of the courses that we've attended um, and yes. you know, then sort of met up, had a really interesting conversation. Um, and I wanted you to come on the show and tell everyone about who you are, what you do, uh, and just give some people some really great insights. So I'm gonna leave you to preface everything about you, uh, your, your experience and, and all of that, uh, and then sort of preface um, the, the topic of discussion.
1: Absolutely. Thank you again, Kevin. Thank you for having me on your show. Sure. Uh, yeah. So, as um, like Kevin said, I'm based in the U.S. I live in the state of Virginia on the East Coast of the United States. Um, I moved to the U.S. Uh, in 2008, so it's coming up to 13 years since I've been here. Um, I'm born and raised in India. Lived in different parts of India before moving here. Um, I came here as a trailing spouse, and then. Um, uh, you know, took a little bit of time to get restarted in my own career. So my career is kind of split down the middle uh, between my experience in India and and the rest of it in the U.S. Yeah, um, yeah so uh, f- uh, from a professional standpoint, I really consider myself to be an an inclusive, collaborative, and, and T-shaped servant leader, uh, primarily in the technology space. I've spent most of my career in the, te- in the technology space, I- technology implementation And I find that I really operate at my best at the intersection of people, process, and technology. Um, As of August of 2019, after a 22 year corporate career, I ventured off on my own and uh, started Northstar Solutions and Services. Uh, So uh, that's my latest avatar, if you will, so I'm a solopreneur. And uh, I'm also a lean, agile, and human-centered design Practitioner Kevin, and you know my—I think my life experiences and my lived experience at work—all of that kind of really um, uh, inform that, inform uh, what I do at work as well. <laughs> Excuse me. And my uh, my career of more than two decades is really interdisciplinary, um, and it spans IT and business transformation, healthcare hr training and i'm also a trained english as a second language teacher i did that in india and then <clears throat> as a as a profession and then i've been volunteering uh, doing that in the us um so at north star my primary role is that of a personal agility and collaborative leadership skills coach and um it's a hundred percent virtual uh business and it's a it's a boutique future of work oriented Uh, coaching, training, and consulting practice. And I specialize in partnering with mid-career, specifically mid-career IT and agile professionals globally uh, to really help help them build and strengthen their, uh, what I refer to as future of work skills and behaviors. Uh, Those are really the ability to uh, bring those agile practices from software and product development into how they work. So bring bring those practices to as, as a way of working, uh, collaborative and inclusive uh, ways of working, um, yeah. and you know, and and remote leadership. So that's 2020 has really highlighted that, uh, and uh, the other piece around is impactful change communication. That's a that's the other piece that I think uh, has also been highlighted in 2020. So I really work with mid career, the mid career segment. Um, And the reason for that really, Kevin, is that in in my experience, I noticed that um, regardless of whether it was in India or in the U.S., um, I also did some consulting uh, project um, in in Greece. I noticed that the mid-career segment is perhaps uh, the least supported in terms of learning and development uh, initiatives from within their organizations. Yeah. And especially in the technology space, right? So your skills, the individual skills, your technical skills, that's what really uh, get you promoted. And like Marshall Goldsmith says, what's got you here won't get you there. And uh, so you find these um, really talented professionals now suddenly becoming responsible for people. So that shift from managing tasks to really leading people Um uh, I I noticed that there is a need. That's the gap I wanted to fill, really, uh, with my coaching, training, and consulting practice. And the, and the same goes for small and medium enterprises. That's my other, in the consulting space, That focus that I have. Um, any, uh, particularly small and medium enterprises that are either looking to adopt technology um, or looking to adopt agile ways of working for their own business. Um, Really helping them that transition their agile or digital or business process trans, uh, transformation.
0: Wow, that's amazing! Uh, you know, I, I look at the like the information that you've shared with me, so, and one of the mm-hmm. one of the conversations that that you're going to ch- chat about today is is uh, self leadership and uh, and uh, how to do that uh, with personal, personalized agility. Mm-hmm. But um. I, and I think that, that really lends itself to, you know, from from coming in a, coming from a different country, a different environment, a different culture, uh, being a woman, um, being an Indian woman. Uh, how do you think, um, and I mean, it's not even part of, <laughs> but it's, it's one of the conversations we did. How do you think that's sort of influenced your, your stance on, on becoming the, the, the leader that you are today and the coach and the mentor that you are? Because... I can only imagine, I, I mean, you and I met uh, when we went on the I Am Remarkable program. Um, yes. And we spoke about the biases that 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 people experience and you also experienced that uh, in your own capacity. And uh, do you think that sort of knowing that now, uh, being in the position you're in, that really gives you so much more insight on how to effectively uh, influence change and and why you've chosen this sort of niche path? It,
1: you, you couldn't have said it better, uh, Kevin. Uh, my own experience has really shaped, not only shaped who I am today and what I do, uh, but it's also really brought out that, that agility within myself, which is why I talk about personal agility quite a bit. And in the context of uh, self-leadership, I believe that each of us, we are the most important pe- uh, person that we'll ever lead in our lives. Yes. So I always tell my clients that you are the most important person that you'll ever lead. And, you know, if you go back to ancient wisdom, be it the Bhagavad Gita or, or Lao Tzu's uh, wisdom, you, you hear that, you know, mastering yourself is, is true strength. Uh, that's what Lao Tzu says and the Bhagavad Gita says uh, know, first know thyself yeah and you know so um, there is a lot of there's a lot of uh, value in that I think that as leaders first of all leadership has nothing to do with position power or titles um, and and my experience was the exact opposite I quite struggled with uh, uh, with beef I found myself in hierarchical systems, hierarchical organizations, where, yeah. uh, you know, the the exact intersections that you just mentioned, um, uh, me being a woman, and uh, from a certain demographic, from a certain part of the country within India, even when I was in India, I've experienced that, and you and I have chatted about it before, yeah. um, and then moving to the U.S., right, so I'm non-white, I'm an economic immigrant, I'm female, uh, of a certain age, uh, yeah. so... All of those kind of, you know, uh, uh, layer on top of each other and those intersections, the identities create those intersections, which uh, can put you in a position of privilege or or make you discriminated, make you one of those people that it is discriminated against. And I've experienced all of it. I think that uh, my education, my cross-cultural experience, my international experience, those have all put me in a position of privilege in the workplace in the sense that I'm able to not only navigate certain situations a little bit better, but also have an edge over others who may not have had that exposure. Um, on the other hand, being, uh, uh, so when I was at a certain level or, or certain position in, in in the hierarchy in the company, uh, I was one of the youngest people to be at that level. And that played against me on top of the fact that you know, I'm non-white female, uh, also an Right. English is not my first language. So yeah. all of these things, they really uh, uh, they really played a role. And uh, to your point, that's really what inspired me to start off on my own as a solopreneur with with North Star. I I wanted to be able to bring to the table and really support other professionals like myself, um, in the technology space, in the IT and agile space to really be able to shape their own careers. Um, Just one other thing before we move on is that um, the reason why I focus so much on self-leadership is the more I took charge of what I wanted to do and shape my career and my professional life, the more it worked for me. And and I think that it also... uh, uh, it, it, I'm, I'm no longer the victim. Right? Yeah. So I'm not allowing people to do, to treat me a certain way or do things a certain way, um, and I'm able to reverse that. Plus, the more attention I pay to self-management, um, the more authentic and the more uh, impactful I can show up in, in whichever space I'm in.
0: Yeah, and, and see, as you're speaking, you know, being being a woman of uh, of, a, of a different color, being a different culture, being in a in the US, in a in a whole different country, um, you know, when you look at your resume and you look at everything you've done, uh, it's strange that we still live in the world and we still carry such bias uh, around when you when you see someone or when you hear mm-hmm. them. Yeah. You know, and uh, one of the things that that's so profound when you say, you know, don't. Um, don't comment on someone who speaks a different language or, or has an accent. It really means mm-hmm. that they can speak more than one language. Absolutely. You know I mean? When you're like, well, you know, it's quite significant when you really just settle your, your, your brain around that. You kind of go, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, this this it means that this person has more ability than you do, mm-hmm. basically. Um, but, I mean, speak to us about this, um, the, um, the, the, the topic that we, I mean, self-leadership, um, is so prevalent and it's so necessary, especially in um, in really enhancing that middle management, that m- midsection mm-hmm. of, of corporate today. Um, but it also, you know, just off the bat, personal agility that sort of lends itself to that. You mm-hmm. know, when you, when you come to a space that, that you are, I mean, in NLP we call it the requisite of variety. Um, the person who is most agile and um, and really adaptive in the environment rules their system, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so from that agile perspective and being able to almost manipulate your 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 moment or your uh, uh, your your behavior in the moment that you're having really speaks to self leadership and how leadership shows up. But give us that sort of breakdown on how why these two areas for you and and how how are they working out? Um, and how are you bringing them together?
1: Yeah. So, you know, like I said, uh, you are the most important person that you'll ever lead. And what does that really what does that really mean? Self management and, and self leadership, self management. Um, the elements are really about um, self awareness and and that confidence and yeah. And uh, a large, uh, in large part, there's also the the self-promotion, right? So you you look at um, you you the self-awareness plays out in you knowing your strengths, your values. Uh, where is it that you can be most impactful? Where do you where is it that you need support? So being very honest and uh, authentic with yourself to begin with, number one. Yeah. And then once you figure that out, uh, paying attention to how you show up in the service of others, the other thing about, and then this is the other piece, right? For Especially for first-time managers and first-time leaders, the shift suddenly becomes that uh, what got you here is you being responsible for your own success Yeah, and doing things that, that lend itself to that, right? But the moment you... Uh, and that's where you're managing your tasks yeah. uh, in a way that they lead you to success. The moment you become responsible for others, uh, that whole thing shifts. You become responsible for the success of others. And uh, and the focus is more on what you can do to remove impediments yes. for others. right? Mm. And so creating success for others is what makes you successful as a people leader. Yeah, and so that awareness around what, how are you managing yourself when you have to show up in the service of others? That's I think that's a very crucial element. Now, yeah. whether or not you have people reporting to you um, being aware of what are you doing in, to contribute towards collective success.
0: Yeah,
1: and and this leads me to think about collaboration over competition. And so, as individual contributors, we tend to be focused on our swim lane, on our path. But if we really, um, uh, you know, think about a uh, think about a collaborative network, then the the whole system, the whole ecosystem, is successful, not just one part of it.
0: Hmm. Absolutely.
1: Right. So, to me, self leadership is first of all, it's it's the focus on yourself and and bringing the best out of yourself. And, and showing up as your best version for others, yeah. And and I think that's a good place to be before you really start getting, you know, having people report to you and have a team and and things like that. And where does? Sorry, go ahead. Looks like you want to yeah, say something.
0: I, and one of the things you also mentioned was self-promotion. Now you and I, you know, we we've been a program that's that um, that really speaks about this. But don't you yeah. want to just talk about that as well? Because I think. You know, your intro really speaks about who you are and the successes of what you do. And and I think um, people really don't have a handle on it yet. And I don't think people know that self-promotion uh, is a really important factor. You know, I think uh, we, we've all, so many of us, different cultures, different countries, different continents ha- um, have a very similar story of, you know, well, if I tell people who I am, Mm-hmm. um and what i successfully do then it comes across as arrogant or boasting uh, and we've learned <laughs> <laughs> that if it's factual it's not boasting right Yes. And yeah it about the importance of that because uh, you know listening to a bit of your background and knowing that you know being the youngest and and being a, a person that's really got an opinion and successful and uh we tend to kind of want to shy away from it, and I am, you know, I'm. I really propose that all people who who are in a, especially in a in a, a corporate environment, especially wanting to get to a position where they where they want a promotion or they want that next step, part of that really needs to speak to. Well, I want to tell people what I do, what I'm capable of doing, what I've done.
1: Absolutely. For me, it's been a. It's been an evolution <laughs> when it comes to self-promotion. So culturally, yeah. I was I was raised to not be seen, not be heard. So forget about talking about myself, right? So uh, yeah. as a as a female um, from the south of India, from a certain community, you know those things are uh, that's what you're raised with. Um, and most of my career has been in companies that are. Uh, that are um, Western in a, in a way, like that have a Western way of working and that, has, that have more individualistic mindsets and, and especially after, definitely after the move to the US. Uh, so for me, it's been the understanding of self-promotion and for me to become comfortable with talking about myself has been a long journey uh, from my career in India to the, uh, the move to the US and then struggling to find my foothold here to yeah. now being a solopreneur so i still remember uh, when i was talking to my mom and you know i just started North Star and i was chatting with her in fact you know a uh, a uh, sort of a sentimental tidbit here is that i registered my business on my mom's birthday because to me it's a tribute to her for how she raised me and and then the, the, the interesting part was when i was chatting with her she said How are you going to do this? I mean, uh, you know, uh, something about um, I was telling her about the marketing elements in it and, you know, constantly having to um, have that presence and be consistent with it and tell people, show people what you can do and how you bring value. And she said, that means you've got to talk about yourself an awful lot. (laughs) I said, uh, yes, (laughs) because it's just me. It's a solo venture. Um, so we laughed about it. But then the point was that she was feeling uncomfortable on my behalf and, and she was feeling uncomfortable and almost disapproving that yeah. this is what I have to do now on a regular basis. you know. <laughs> so that's been my evolution around self-promotion. But a lot yeah. of my coaching clients that I work with, this is one of the topics that we talk about, especially when it's coming time to uh, closer to their performance reviews or if they're looking for that next role. Um, And what I find specific around the IT the agile community is that uh, the focus is so much on the technical skills and the hard skills that uh, once you get to a point where you're looking for additional and expanded responsibilities and managerial responsibilities and being part of uh, strategy and business and other functional elements, a a lot of uh, these brilliant, otherwise brilliant folks really struggle with making that shift and that switch and suddenly organizations seem to expect them to know how to do this you know (laughs) and all along the focus has been on building up their technical skills so a few a few things that uh tips if you will that i share with my coaching clients is that um, and i found this to be true that uh women struggle with this more than men do yeah Uh, but that's also cultural. There's also this cultural element. I've had male team members uh, who struggled with really talking about what they've done and their own, their individual accomplishment in that teamwork. They struggle with it. And there I've noticed it's largely due to um, the language. So if they find themselves in a, amongst native English speakers, then they kind of uh, shy away yeah. from talking about themselves. Uh, so it's, again, the intersectional element. So it's not always gender. It's also language. It's also culture. Um, and certain cultures and, and be, you know, being in South Africa, I'm sure you're familiar with the, I mean, coming from Africa, the concept of being a collectivist culture versus an individualistic culture, right? So India is very similar to that as well. So in mm. a, And because it's a collectivist culture, there's so much respect for hierarchy. So... Yeah if your boss and your boss's boss is all present there you are even it doesn't matter what what gender you're going to you're going to shy away from talking about yourself um so one of the ways to overcome this is absolutely what you shared and that was one of my biggest learnings from the i am remarkable workshops is if it's if it's uh if it's true then it it's not bragging and and i think that's one and i think that um something that i started doing and that helped me a lot is just maintaining a running log of things that I did well and what I learned from it and what happened just an Excel spreadsheet. I found that to be useful during my performance review, especially because most organizations that I worked with had these annual performance reviews. So it's very hard for you to remember everything, all the good stuff that you've done. Yeah. Um, And the other thing is also seeking being open to feedback. doesn't matter. Mm -hmm what level you're at. And that all, you know, to me goes back to how do you manage yourself? How do you show up? So self-leadership. So cultivating some of these habits, even long before you become responsible as a people leader, I think really works out well. When you ask for feedback, also uh, putting the other person who you're asking, whom you're asking for feedback at ease by saying, look, I need to know, where I need to improve, what should I be doing differently? What can I do better? And here, uh, taking, and this is where I combine the agile practices. So one of the ways of doing what we call as retrospectives in a, in a scrum environment um, is one of the things you do is uh, start, stop, continue. And that's one of my favorite retrospective tools. So you know, yeah. tell me one thing that I should start, stop, and continue doing. And when you get specific questions, I mean, if you say, hey, do you have any feedback? If you do a yes, no question, <laughs> yeah. most people are going to say, no, everything was great. But but if you take the time to be very specific about what you're looking for, then people know that you you are intentional about that conversation.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And also then, you know, as you say, when you preface it that way, then the person also comes from a their positioning of the feedback also comes from, well, you know, I think you did that really well. Uh, I don't think you should do that, and this is something you should definitely do more often because, you know, so when you preface it like that around feedback, it also gives the person giving the feedback so much. It, it almost alleviates a bit of pressure for them to kind of go, Absolutely. no, I'm open to your feedback. So yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> one of the and, things you
0: mentioned. Sorry, yes. No,
1: no, I just want to tie it back to the self-promotion piece. So you know, keeping a log of things that you've done well, and then using this kind of feedback—things that you uh, should continue doing—you know, those are things that you're doing well. So those can all go into your done well log in a way. And the second thing is really, um, first of all, the—I the, mean—the second piece is also being focused on continuous improvement and being invested in continuous learning and improvement. Mm. And adding that to so one of the pieces that you can talk about in self-promotion is that I am a lifelong learner. And you you know, people would have seen evidence of that when you say that. Yeah. And so that again goes back to if it's true, then it's not bragging. Yes. And and the third thing is to when you talk about your accomplishments, focus on the impact you created, not about what you did. Yes. So it's not about the process. It's about the impact and the value that you created. Yeah. So if you focus on that, then you're taking the attention off of you a little bit because you create you're talking about the impact that you created. Mm. And to me, that's valuable as well. Um, so anyway. Yeah, absolutely.
0: But I um, mean, one of the things that you you mentioned is the, the future of work uh, in your mm-hmm. introduction. How does self-leadership and personal agility fit into that context? Explain that to us.
1: Yeah, the, so a little bit of um, history there. The future of work as a, as a term was coined by the, uh, the founding executive of the World Economic Forum, uh, Klaus Schwab, and this was back in 2016. So uh, for those of you who are not aware, the World Economic Forum does an annual summit, it used to be at Davos, and there's mixed feelings about it, it, it can come across as being very elitist, it is in fact, uh, and they've kind of changed with times, and the 2021 uh, summit is going to be online, so it really becomes yeah. inclusive, so COVID caused that, uh, yes. and they are going to do their uh, in-person summit in May in Singapore, usually it happens in, in January at Davos, it's always at Davos. Uh, yeah. So it can it can be pretty elitist. However, there's a lot of good work that comes out of the World Economic Forum. So anyway, the future of work was a term that came from there, which really speaks to the fourth industrial revolution that we're already in, where our digital and our physical worlds uh, they 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 blend. All the lines are blurred. They talk about these sort of things, right? And um, so the what does that mean and why why am I focusing on it? Uh, one is when I read about this, so I'd been following the, the World Economic Forum summits uh, for a few years and 2019, 2020, I got the opportunity to really, uh, because I was the boss of my own time. <laughs> so I got some, I, I got that additional time to spend and I actually did a global conference in May of 2020 titled 4IR, The Fourth Industrial Revolution and the Future of Work. So I had folks from within my network speak about different things uh, pertaining to the future of work. So in my perspective, it's really about um, the ways of working have turned around on their head, if you will. And I used, when I started out, I used to think it's primarily in the knowledge workspace or the knowledge economy. But if you look at it, it's not really so. It, it, it affects manufacturing, it affects uh, agriculture, oil and gas, you look at any industry, it's really a, because technology has seeped into, into everything that we do.
0: Yeah.
1: But for the purposes of my work at Nordstar and this conversation, I'm really focusing on a knowledge work uh, economy. So yeah. folks involved in the IT and IT space, technology space, product development, software development space. One of the key things I've noticed is that uh, what future work really means for for this space is um, you're really uh, the focus or or the way to get work done is by collaboration. And it's no longer that top down hierarchical approach of getting work done. Yeah. So much so that there's this whole new field called organizational network analytics yeah Uh, right it really looks at and it it, again you use technology you use uh ai and ml in the back back end to study you know for example it can study your emails from within your email system to say who talks to who uh the most what where are the power uh, circles where are the circles of influence and things like that um so getting work done is is yes it's always been about who you know but it's becoming even more important now and not from a power or hierarchy sense it's about uh who has the skill and who can get it done um in in an agile manner and still uh you know uh, do the best possible work given with what what we have right so the there's a shift in that so work is getting done through collaboration and now and it's been more magnified with the pandemic uh, with yeah. a lot of work from home, work at home. Now it's almost like work from anywhere. So you have this whole new generation of digital nomads uh, that can work from anywhere. Yeah. So that has opened up a whole new way of working where companies, even when uh, those up postings tell you, you can be based anywhere as long as you can work these hours.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? So yeah. You are no longer going to see that person in the office. You're no longer going to have those physical water cooler chats. Um, you're no longer be able to um, control anyone's behavior because you're no longer in a work and place, right? Work is no longer a place. Uh, it's an activity that you do. It's not a place that you go. So that's those are some of the changes that I'm seeing uh, in in terms of future work. And that's why I, I, I spend some time on that and focus my business on that.
0: And I, and I think, you know, to to that point, um, if we just look at the last year, you know, we, we've, we've literally been flung into a remote working environment. Yep. Um, and we sort of have to just get on board and adapt with that. But I think, um, uh, yeah, I've recently had a discussion with someone mentioned, where someone mentioned, what, what corporates really need to also embrace about remote working is um, the affording people the opportunity to manage their own time yep. and also be outcome-based and not input based yep. uh, and I think that speaks to so much and so many people who are are digital nomads and people working remotely, you know, yeah, when do you want it done? When, what is the, the cut off date for this project? Or, you know, and then let me do it when I'm doing it. You know, so, you know, people, people don't want to sit in the traffic, people don't want to get up earlier. They, But the, they know they have to get this job done. They know they have to do it. And I think it's uh, it, it's really forcing a lot of corporates in the world today to really re-look really at themselves uh, and re-strategize on how they're gonna apply um, this, this, the future of work and how that's sort of going to affect the, the environment. But um, one of the questions is uh, back to agility. Mm-hmm. Is personal agility something that can be learned?
1: I definitely believe so. Um, I strongly believe in growth mindset. So um, Professor or Dr. Carol Dweck's work on that um, and, you know, one of our TED Talks, she talks, the title of the talk is The Power of Yet. Uh, the context there was the school system uh, and, you know, working with kids and all of that. But the learning that I took away from that is um, anything that I, if I, instead of just saying, I can't do this, if I just add the word yet to that, it just reframes it. And it yes. puts me uh, in the driver's seat, it opens up possibilities. So I believe that anything that's there can be learned. Now the difference will be how well can you do it? Now, some (laughs) people, it doesn't mean that I can't do it at all. So for example, when I started off my business, one of the things was I really, really, uh, because I was going to invest my savings in starting it up. I wanted to be really, um, Uh, keep my expenses low as possible, obviously. So I, and and I wanted to be a virtual business, which meant I had to have a a website and a a very uh, well-curated online presence and things like that. And I had no clue where to start. I'd never done any of this. So I sat for two months saying, I don't know how to build a website. I can't build a website. And then one fine day, I finally said, you know what, I'm just going to give it a shot because I don't have the money to hire someone to do this for me. Yeah. Uh, so whatever the, the motivation, I got myself there. And once I got myself there, I was like, okay, I can do this. And I remembered <laughs> listening to uh, Professor Dweck's TED Talk then. So given that preamble, I definitely believe that personal agility is something that can be learned because the, the, the key um, constructs are really so closely tied to how you show up. So having that growth mindset again is a big part of personal agility because there is, you know, we tend to um, have these, not only do we have these narratives about ourselves, the stories we tell about ourselves to ourselves, we yeah. attach a, a, such a degree of finality to it, <laughs> right? <Yes>. Like <laughs> I used to say, I can't build a website. I don't know how to build a website. Yeah. And that I'm was just- like the facts, <laughs> <laughs> right? So, so to me, the first step towards personal agility is really adopting and then really um, practicing the power of yet, just by simply adding the word yet to whatever negative statement you're making about yourself. You know, in terms of ability.
0: Yeah, I I think that's so true, and it so so speaks to uh, you know, none of us. If you told us at you know January 2020 that we would be in this position. And working remotely and uh, having online everything and conversations and business and nobody would have gone like, no, it's it's not possible. We can't do that. And I remember we we had one of our universities who within uh, a couple of weeks took the entire curriculum and put it online. Mm. Um, And yet before that, um, it wasn't even an option. You know, the the university was like, no, that's you know, we you have to go to class. You have to be here. Uh, And within a couple of weeks, they put the entire curriculum and I was like, wow, it just goes to show, you know, um, uh, agility, even in that context, you know, having to say, well, how do we do this? It's possible. I I mean, I I look at my daughter's schooling. Um, Mm -hmm. She'd never been online. She'd never used um, MS, uh, what do you call it? MS Teams. 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 uh, within a week, within two weeks, uh, we had her online. We had her um, up and running, and she was at school um, with her teachers. It's so, so yeah, it's, I mean, it's so remarkable. And actually, you and I could have this conversation, I think, for quite a while. Right? But if we if we had to do summary, you know, if you if you mm-hmm. could sort of summarize and take a, say, share some takeaways with the audience today, um, please, will you give us some to to sort of really consider you know facing 2021
1: absolutely Kevin so first in terms of self-leadership I would say there's three main components to think about one is self-awareness so knowing yourself what are your values what are your strengths what makes you tick and what drives you nuts knowing all of that is important
0: yeah
1: And practicing self-care in the sense that, and this is something I've I've missed mentioning earlier, but to me, that's a very important aspect. And when I say self-care, I'm talking about um, who do you spend your most time with, right? They they say you are the average of the five people that you spend your most time with. So who are your five people that you spend your most time with? It could be online, it could be following them, whatever it is, right? So self-care really is... um, how are you taking care of yourself what, what what you feed is what grows so what are you feeding yes right and the third thing is self-promotion we talked about that so if it's if it's true it's not bragging focusing on creating value creating impact so to me that's in a nutshell is self-leadership yeah. and tying it to personal agility It's about practicing the values of respect, empathy, focus, commitment, and courage, which are also you know Scrum the five top Scrum values. So you know how can you? I have like five tips that you can practice. It's a combination of Scrum and Kanban, if you will, from the software development world. Number one, uh, and you know I I, I'm using a little bit of the food analogy here. So imagine if you're at a buffet. Uh, So visualize your entire plate and that's your your goals your work your personal goals all of it and then figure out you know what what you want to focus on and what's what's driving those needs right so chew on one portion at a time on that plate the key yeah, is to page,
0: right? you can't just throw it.
1: <laughs> yeah just
0: one portion at a time is good yeah
1: yes absolutely and it's important to manage your attention we all focus on time management, and we have lovely uh, blocked-out calendars. Uh, but what are we really doing? So, when you when you commit to doing something, make sure you're doing just that, because that's why you've you've blocked off time to do that. So, if you don't respect yourself and your time, nobody else will. Yeah. And the other thing is, time is the only irre- irreplaceable resource in the world. Yeah. And you you can't manage your time well if you don't manage your attention because your energy goes where your attention goes, right? Yeah. So manage your attention, not just your time. The fourth thing, uh, really the crux of agility is, uh, controlling the blast radius. In a sense, if you're trying out something, make sure that you, um, it's a, it's a sample size that you can control. So yeah. if, it's, if it's a new process, then figuring out dependencies, et cetera, beforehand and saying, okay, this particular team is the smallest unit that I can try out this new thing with. So controlling yeah. blast radius so that you have the opportunity to inspect and adapt. And that, that's your feedback loop of learning, keeping that yeah. open. And the last point is retrospection. So look back to look ahead. And, and again, uh, borrowing from Marshall Goldsmith's concept of feed forward. So I call it a feed forward retrospective. A lot of times we, um, in the context of how we show up, we try something once and it doesn't work. We, It's very easy to give up. Or it's very easy to spend too much time wallowing in what happened and what I could have done this and I didn't do this or I should have done that and all of that, right? A friend of mine gave me this analogy. Um, I think it's like, chain mail it's been passed down uh that there is a reason why you're when you're driving a car your windshield is bigger than your rearview mirror but you cannot drive without your rearview i mean there people do but you technically can't <laughs> yeah, sure. so that's the concept of looking back to look forward uh, so the, your rearview mirror is it, it allows you to do that retrospective, but the key is that you need to move forward and that's why you have this bigger full windshield. So yeah. spend enough time in retrospective to uh, learn from it, but not so long that you forget where you're going.
0: Yeah. Or you change direction, yeah.
1: Yes. yes. <laughs> you're like,
0: oh, well, I'm just going backwards.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. So those are my five things. Visualize your entire plate. Chew one portion at a time. Manage your attention, not just your time. Control the blast radius, inspect and adapt, and last look back to look ahead. Do feed forward. And then, uh,
0: just uh, the last two key operating principles there's something you, uh, you shared as well with me, and I, I just yeah. want you to touch on those because those are really cool. And I and talk to us about that.
1: Absolutely. So, uh, for me, it's Again, it goes back to the concept of continuous learning and, and agility. It's always progress over perfection. Yeah. As long as you have taken that one additional step towards your goal today, uh, that's that's good because you're, you're oriented correctly. You're allowing yourself to learn. There's a lot of power in, in pausing. We tend to just go, go, go because our our cultures and our work environments are reward action.
0: Yeah.
1: So the, it's equally important to pause and equally important to acknowledge progress, not just achieving a goal, not just perfection, because there is no such thing as perfection. Yeah. So as long as you're progressing. So that's one important thing, progress over perfection. The second thing is direction is as important as speed. Yeah. How are you oriented? Are you oriented in a way that you're going to bring value to yourself, to your team, to your organization? Or are you just in such a hurry that that you miss the entire journey? That you miss <laughs> opportunities for learning. Right. And then you miss opportunity to inspect and adapt. You, you miss all those things. So to me, these two are extremely important. Progress over perfection and, and focusing on direction, not just speed.
0: Absolutely. And I think, you know, they're almost life lessons. I think, you know, you, you, you get to, and you can really apply that within your relationship. You can re- apply that within your work environment. You can apply that within parenting, you know? Absolutely. Um, trying to be perfect, just have progress. Uh, yeah. And um, and and remember the, the learnings along the way, because, you know, as, as you do, as you fail, as you get up and fail fast and fail forward, you kind of go, oh yes, I'm I'm failing, but I'm 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 learning in that process, and I get up and do it again, and uh, it's so significant and so um, uh, essential uh, for for who we we're becoming in the world today, right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Actually, thank you. I, it was such a fantastic conversation, and you have such wonderful insight. I really really love that. If um anybody wants to get hold of you, uh, if they want to chat to you, if they want to hit yeah. you up online and what is the best place for them to go? Uh, if you can share that with us, and then we, uh, obviously all of that's going to be shared in the, the description boxes below, uh, and people can hear more about who you are and what you do.
1: Absolutely, um, I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn. That's my platform of choice. So uh, please feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, North Solutions and Services also has a LinkedIn page, uh, which is very active as well. So I would invite people to follow that. Um, I'm, uh, I also have a very active YouTube channel where I put out micro-learning sessions. Uh, I've done a few conversation series so far. One was focused on the future of work and the multi-generational workforce uh, okay. that I did with a father-daughter duo. Um, and in December, I did a, a conversation series with women leaders and uh, entrepreneurs um, to look at, uh, to really, it was like a study on grit because that's what got us through 2020. Uh, so I would invite people to subscribe to my YouTube channel again, Nordstar solutions and services. And, and of course the website, Uh I'm I'm a little bit less active on Twitter and Facebook as well, but I do have a presence uh, and, and yeah, you can send me an email or uh, find me on LinkedIn. And, and I really want to thank you for this opportunity, Kevin. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Um, and, and if, And if I may, I just wanted to, it occurred to me this morning when I was thinking about our conversation, this quote from Rumi, uh, the 13th century Persian poet and Sufi saint. Yeah. He said, yesterday I was clever, so I wanted to change the world. Today I'm wise, so I'm changing myself. (laughs)
0: Fantastic.
1: I love that. Yeah. So to me, it just tied back to the whole concept of self-leadership and personal agility. So I just wanted to close with that.
0: Yeah, thank you. That's fantastic. Manakshi Ayer, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your the energy. Thank you for the, the insights. Uh, I absolutely love it. Guys, if you want to find out more, check out the links below. Uh, you can also find her on all the social medias. And, uh, yeah, I'll chat to you soon.